It's August 11th, 2013, and you're listening to the Architecture Happy Hour. I'm Laura. And I'm Larry. And it's a two-drink minimum, so grab your glass and let's get started. Well, you may not believe it, but we (laughs) promised that we would make it back before Larry went on vacation before the end of the month, and here we are. Before my brain completely shut off. Yeah. Hold on. Wait, I'm kind of going right now. I think by the end of the month, if I can remember my name, I'll be doing good. (laughs) Yes. Larry takes an annual vacation to New Orleans at the end of August every year. And we just pray he comes back. Oh, every I always year. come back. Don't <laughs> don't give me that. Of course, I come back. It takes a while to get caught up. But yeah, he's <laughs> usually lost his voice, and he's <sighs> suffering from major sinus issues and you know small things, right? But it is worth every single lost <laughs> brain cell. <laughs> well, no, mostly because it's it's that one week that you know everyone says, okay, you, you never really disconnect anymore when you go somewhere, which is true when you think yeah. about it. Um, but this is the one time a year where I actually really unplug. And I think in, well, in the five years that we've been in business together, you guys have called twice. Yes. And that's it. Yes. Holly called once for a phone number and then you or she called about something else very minor. I think the whole server shut down and we couldn't get into it. Oh, okay. <laughs> the entire business came to a screeching halt, and you held the password, I think, was yeah, the okay. problem. <laughs> okay. That, that I could totally see. Yeah. See that happening. But, yeah. I'm like, in, in fact, Holly called me, and she said, are you are you drunk already? I'm like, well, hello, it's 1030 in the morning. <laughs> of course I've had a beer. So, anyway. So, yeah, we thought, well, if we could get the podcast done in the middle of the month, then, you know, I would basically still be functioning, and we could get there. That's good, yes. It usually comes to uh, – you sort of enter into this bad mood grumpiness because you know that the vacation's coming, but it's not coming fast <laughs> enough. And then a couple of days out, we're like, okay, well, it must be close because Larry is completely <laughs> signed off. He is not, you know, dealing with any of us anymore. Right. He's in la-la land and bye-bye. That's terrible. Yeah. So, yeah, so if we had waited to do this podcast the weekend before my vacation, yeah, I would have got posted sometime in October. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you even remembered where you saved it well, on the true, computer. Right. True. Anyway. Well, one of the things that we thought we'd talk about, or, for, or the one thing we thought we'd talk about for this month, was what we were thinking of this idea about living small. And sort of, you know, how much space do you really need to, well, live, to function, to for your home, basically. And what's what's brought it about is we've had a couple of projects that have come up that have been, you know, kind of big. And then we have some that come up that um, just sp- spoke with someone, and the house was only 2,600 square feet, but he said it's got such a great bones. And if you look at the value of the property, you know, in that neighborhood, scraping the house off the lot and starting over wasn't, you know, out of the question. But he really wanted to keep it because it had good bones, and it was plenty of space for somebody to live in. But, you know, we sort of get tied into this, somehow into this notion that we all have to have these bigger and bigger and bigger spaces. And I don't know. You know, is it HGT driving, HGTV driving it? Is it keeping up with the Joneses? I, it was a sort of weird thing. So we thought we'd kind of talk about, you know, that aspect of it. How much space do you really need to live in? Well, and it's it was kind of funny. I don't know which came first, the, the really big homes with the high, tall ceilings and the big vaulted entries and the grand stairways. And then, of course, we needed big, huge furniture to fill that up. 
Mm-hmm. And then if, when you move, of course, you take your furniture with you. So you have to move into a big place in order to have a space right. to put all this furniture. And so it, it's just this cycle that just keeps going. In fact, one of our friends just posted on Facebook, look at this new house. We're closing in two weeks. And it's massive. And there's four of them. Right. And I think, well, it's a beautiful home. Um, yeah. Okay. And I think they work out of their house. So they probably do need a little bit of room to right. not be right on top of each other. But, yeah, it was kind of, I'm thinking, I don't can't don't think anything was wrong with your old house. <laughs> but, you know, who am I to say? But, yeah, so it's kind of funny because in Texas, you know, we think everything's bigger in Texas. And it doesn't matter uh, well, if you need to upgrade a few thousand square feet. Right, we've got the open space for it. It's not like, you know, right. we're on, the, on one of the coasts where the space is limited. And, you know, and, you know 1,200 feet's a luxury, you know. Oh, right. Here, 1,200 feet is like, well, what the heck am I going to do with that? <laughs> yeah, that's a starter apartment for right. a college kid, right? Right. But, you know, it got, kind of got us to thinking – you look at the older homes that are in the in the neighborhood. Well, my house, my own house. I live in a house that was built in 1961, and it's 1,600 square feet. And in that day and age, actually, that was a pretty good sized house for you know sure. family, you know, mom and dad with a couple of kids, and you know, three bedroom, two bath. The master bathroom, it has a shower, a toilet, and a pedestal sink, and that was it. You know, very you typical. Have very typical. Mm-hmm. And, and then this thing about the house I grew up in was the same way. My parents' master bathroom, oh, my gosh, a three-by-three three shower, a toilet, and a vanity that couldn't have been more than 18 inches wide. <laughs> but that's – and they functioned in that. You right. Know, that was the norm for, you know, a house. Well, and it wasn't two professionals trying to get ready at the same time every morning. It was – you know, the mom was up with the kids in the kitchen while the dad was getting ready. So yeah. there only really ever was one person trying to get ready in that bathroom. True. It wasn't, you know, what we see now with two people trying to brush their teeth over each other because they're all trying to get out the door at the exact same time. Yeah. So our whole lifestyles have changed as well. So that's probably why those bathrooms are starting to feel a little cramped because they never really were intended for two people to be using at the same time. True. I hadn't thought about that, but yeah. 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 Hmm. Yeah, because mom probably didn't get herself ready until everybody was out the door and off to school. Mm-hmm. And She'd have her little cup of gin or maybe some pebbly. <laughs> or... <laughs> Invite the girls over for some bridge. Uh-huh. It was all good. It was all fine. Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah but it was – things have changed, yeah, obviously. Things have changed, obviously. But, you know, but at the same time, it's like it's amazing to think how much they've changed, how much bigger everything has gotten. And um, you look at the new homes now and, and – all I keep thinking is of is a gourmet kitchen. It has to have this fantastically huge kitchen. I'm like, who's using it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, who's using all that space? Um, my sister and brother-in-law just moved into a new home. Well, new for them. But the kitchen in it is probably twice what their old kitchen used to be. And it's just them. I'm like, okay, I guess when you have us here for Christmas or Thanksgiving, it gets really used. But it's just enormous. You know, they moved in and it was... Weeks of them going around pulling out drawers, trying to figure out where they put stuff. <laughs> <laughs> One spoon in each drawer. Yeah, because there's just so many drawers now, you know. Yeah. Uh, but there's these gourmet kitchens that people don't use. Well, know. and a lot of people do entertain. Yeah. So even if it's just the two of them, they right. may enjoy that space. In fact, you and I were just talking about this earlier, mm-hmm. that that what a formal living room used to be was 
you know, dinner was prepared and then everyone would arrive and you would congregate in those more formal spaces. And then you would come to the formal dining room and you would have your meal and then you would go back to the formal living spaces. And nobody ever really congregated in the kitchen. Right. But we don't do that now. We've sort of gotten rid of that formal living room and that congregating yeah. space has now become part of the kitchen. So that's where now we're getting those expansive kitchens that open to the breakfast room, that open to the yeah. family room. and. But oddly enough, the home also still has a formal dining room. Right. I know. So we're kind of in this funny limbo where the houses like yours that were designed that way with yeah. those more formal spaces are still quite viable and everybody, and you know, we're still living in them, but we're also remodeling them and trying to bring them up to some of these newer expectations or newer standards yeah. of the the open concept kitchen. Oh, good Lord. Okay. That's, that's that buzzword that... Open concept. Open concept. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm we'll like, see, what's well, the concept? Why don't you just call it open? Yeah, well, we could, and we'll save that probably for another <laughs> podcast because we could do a good 45 minutes on that alone. Yeah, don't get me but, started. Yeah, don't get us started. <laughs> but the funny thing part, you know, we were talking with, we were working on a restaurant project and we were talking with the chef who was going to be the, the chef at the restaurant, part owner as well. And he said, to be honest with you, I think the people in my neighborhood don't know where their kitchens are. They're in my the, restaurant 30, yeah. to, you know, every day of the week. Every evening, they're you know in my restaurant. It's like, do you know where your kitchen is? <laughs> so you have these great homes. Do you know where your kitchen is? It's, it's a place where coffee is, I guess. I, but you know, and but but there's this idea that we have to have it. We have to have that space. And same thing for like the master suite. You know, like I said, master bedroom, bedroom, and room for a king size bed, a closet, not a great closet, and a tiny bathroom. And that was sufficient. And so now it sort of has become this grand, I won't say almost overdone. Of course, I, as I'm saying all this, I'm redoing my house. And I was going to say, big, big yeah. bathroom going in. There's, there's big, no pots calling kettles black in this well, no. conversation whatsoever. Well, no. <laughs> as we're discussing what kind of new cabinets to put in your kitchen. Oh, well, yes, this is true. This is right. true. But that being said, I mean, it's, it's this idea, though, that you have to, that you have to have the master suite you have to have the big giant walk-in closet or closets now you right. have to have the master bathroom with two vanities and a separate toilet it's just sort of it's become ingrained that this is just what you do yeah on the big soaker tub and uh -huh. the double vanities and yeah. the sit-down makeup vanity and the separate water closet in its own room and right yeah and i've done several master bathrooms where we've actually given the husband and wife their own separate toilets. So we've done wow. double toilets. I haven't done that yet. Totally separate double vanities, separate shower, separate tub, yeah. and totally separate master closets. Yeah. So essentially doing two master suites. Suites, yeah. Well, master master bathrooms, bathrooms. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we just did the 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 redesign for that one house where the couple had to have two showers. They didn't like to shower together. There's mm -hmm. no bathtub in there. There's two showers because yeah, and their schedules were exactly this, aligned. Yeah, they had, they were getting ready at the same time, right. so they couldn't be in the shower at the same time because no one wants to see that. And you know, <laughs> the, oh, that's kind of their attitude. And so yeah, it's it's it, it just seems so, but it seems so strange that that's where we've gotten to. You know, that we have gotten from using as as the space as best we can and being very efficient about it to this. And I, and one of the examples I was talking with Laura about was. One of my aunts, her, I think not her current house, but the one couple of times ago that she had, 
you walk into the master bedroom and it was huge. I mean, it was giant, just the bedroom space. And there was the bed and there, there was the dresser and that was it. A couple side tables, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. And but nothing small else. ones, not yeah. those huge ones. Yeah. Not huge ones. And that was it. And there was all this empty space that wasn't being used for anything. I mean, there's not a flat panel TV on the wall? Well, this is, you know, a long enough ago that we didn't have <laughs> No fireplace panels. or sitting area? No. Or... Well, no. Why would they need a sitting area? They have a living room. I mean, it's that kind of, you know. <laughs> right. I was just, just walking in and being amazed. Oh, look at all this space. And then thinking, okay. It's probably because <laughs> well, there's nothing in here. Yeah. That's probably, probably one of the reasons it felt so big. There was nothing in there. But it right. was a big space. A lot of this is, you know, kind of goes, I guess, a long way to say that you know, we've been one of the contractors we've been working with is currently renovating a home that's thirteen hundred square feet, and it's his home. And he's sort of made it into a showcase, basically, of how do you take an older home in an established neighborhood? Because he's in a neighborhood where they are knocking the houses down and building as much as they can on a piece of property. So for him to buy this house and renovate it is very unusual, and to keep it the size it is, not to add on to it. He's just it's. This is the, this, the footprint. Right. He's focusing mm-hmm. on reconfiguring the space inside. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we've, you know, we went in and laid things out and, you know, just try to be more efficient about how the space is getting used. And what they're coming out with is this really great little, very compact house. But we took, you know, the living and dining and kitchen are all now one space. They used to be three separate spaces in this house. Yeah. Which is hard to fathom. It was built because, in the 60s, right? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think late 50s, early 60s. But it's now this one really big space. So to to kind of watch him do this and watch him go through the process has been interesting. He's getting ready to um, do an unveiling, essentially, in September. And I'm real curious to see how the what the response is going to be. They've already had two offers on the house. And his wife is like, we're not moving. <laughs> we're not selling it. You can build a, build another one somewhere else. Yeah. But we're not. No, no, Don't no, get no, any no. bad Don't get ideas. Any, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, well, and that, and we'll be attending that. That oh yeah, yeah. You know the well, the showcase. There's the VIP reception, which will be all the sponsors who um, contributed, including us. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there'll be the general open to the public, um, and sometime in September, in the first weekend in September. So there's this chance for people to really see how you can make that happen, even if it's your first home, your starter home. Well, and we're going to be following him as well. He's blogging about it on his website, mm-hmm. um, but we're going to put something on our website and, and give you a link to go check it out. So yeah. um, we'll be blogging and putting some photographs on there too. So right. it's, well, a, it's a nice example of what can be done. Yeah, and, and done well. I mean, and he's he has been interesting because, you know, we're talking about it and you can do all these things, but you've got to also be aware that there's potential pitfalls. You know, you're dealing with an older home. And so we thought before we just said, hey, this is a great idea, you know, just go and go take your 1,300 square foot house and go to town on it. Thought we might offer you a few tips to think, you know, some things to think about, you know, before you decide to jump off and do this kind of a project because it's unique. I mean, it really is. Well, and you have to be very, very deliberate and very efficient with what you end up doing with it on the floor plan side. Mm-hmm. Um, but it will be interesting to see what his budget ends up being and mm-hmm. what sort of surprises he came across. Yeah. Uh, because even though it's a smaller project, he may still be putting a generous amount into it, you know, generous for that size in that neighborhood. Right. Um, but it's not going to be something you can get in there and think just because you're keeping it small, you can do it on the super cheap yeah. and still get a quality product. So right. Right. it's still, you still have to follow the rules of, of, uh, you know, any sort of renovation project. Right, 
Right. And, you know, one of the first thing we wanted to remind you about was that, you know, be ready for the unexpected because, as with any renovation, there's always going to be something that surprises you. Wood rot, it could be insect damage. One of Laura's things, she was like, What's, what is the, the show you've been watching on HDTV that you probably shouldn't be? Oh, yeah, I'm completely addicted to Love It or List It. Okay. Yeah, yeah. where there's a realtor and interior designer, and they are the hosts of the show, basically. And the designer comes in and basically says, with the budget that the homeowners give her, she's going to redo the home so that they will decide to love it. Because one of the homeowners hates the house and wants to move. The other homeowner loves the house and thinks it just needs to be updated and, you know, the problems can be fixed with interior design. So then the realtor goes out and tries to find a home that will satisfy their wish list within budget, you know, all the, you know, usual yeah. parameters. And so then at the end, when the house is redone and they found their dream home, they come back together and they say, are you going to love it? Or are you going to list it? And it's completely <laughs> scripted and it's completely ridiculous, but it's, uh, I cannot stop watching well, it. Well, yeah, but you were saying there's one show where the, the designer was surprised because we'll, we'll just take this wall out and yeah, it will magically work. Right. And, it's kind of standard fare that they will come in and they're always working with these older homes that are all compartmentalized, different rooms. And she'll come in and say, oh, well, we have to take this whole wall out to open it up. And it and it always ends up beautiful, but they they sometimes skip over the discovery part that has to happen. And she's always, then they always show the interview with the contractor where he goes, oh, well, I hate to disappoint you, but we, we have to, you know, spend half your budget in fixing the structural blah, blah, blah. And, and she's going, what? <laughs> what? what? That just won't do. Now I can't redo the basement, you know, right. or whatever. I'm right. going, seriously, you didn't, you know. Yeah. Where's but, the engineer? <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. But, but are you ready for those unexpected things? Exactly. So you're doing this thing suddenly. Exactly. Well, and, and a good example is uh, Stephen's house. Uh, I don't think we've actually mentioned his name, have we? Well, you probably should since uh, we're going right, to be well, posting okay. it on the website. Well, quickly, his name is Stephen Sardone, uh, Sardone Construction here in Dallas. And, you know, um, one of the things that Stephen was, ran across was they opened up you know, this living and dining and kitchen. Well, they also vaulted the ceiling up because you really need that volume to make it feel comfortable. Well, you can't just take all the cross ties out. <laughs> no. Without the walls wanting to push out. So there are actually like three or four cross ties that run across the ceiling to keep the house together, basically. And that was unexpected. They weren't really anticipating that. But, you know, they've found a way around it. So a few cross ties, wrap them with some nice wood, done. And most people will never pay attention to them. Yeah, I think one of the other issues that always comes up that causes extreme drama, you know, in the interim before the construction's done, and I'm sure they look for opportunities to create this drama, mm -hmm. but the homeowners always freak out during construction when the designer decides that she's going to move a powder room that's in the middle of the way to expand the kitchen, or she's going to get rid of she's going to move the stairway to the other side of the house, which seems like a real waste of money because you're not gaining anything. You're just moving mm -hmm. something, you know, you're deleting it from here and adding it over here. Right. So little things like that, that end up making the whole thing function way, way right. better. Uh, but in, during construction, when everything's torn apart and it looks awful, they freak out. Well, sure. So just a word of warning, you know, be ready for things to feel like, oh my goodness, why on earth did we start this project? This right. is a runaway train. <laughs> How do we get this back under control? Yeah, there's going to be moments like that. And yeah. we've experienced that with our own clients, even oh. in projects that were not full the, of unexpected right. things. The, well, and that was very carefully planned. And that brings us you know, to another point. When you decide to do something like this, 
really sit down with somebody that has the experience with it, either a contractor, an architect, even a good residential designer. Sit down and say, look, this is what I really want to do. And have them help you make it as, as efficient as possible. And also, think about how you're using the spaces on a daily basis. Because, you know, what is it from the minute you get up until the minute you go to bed, how are you using those spaces? Because there may be a, a more efficient way to arrange things so that you're getting the most use out of the space instead of finding out that, you know, I've put in this giant space here for something. And the reality is, is I'm only using it, you know, 50% of the time or 20% of the time because of the way, you know, either I'm, you know, I'm living or it's something just that it's out of the way all of a sudden I don't get over to it and use it anymore. Well, and look for opportunities, too, to make certain spaces function as, you know, let them multitask mm-hmm. and make them very flexible spaces so that if you do want to have a nice big family dinner at the holidays, it's not a big deal to move some, you know, the kids' craft table out of the way and move that lounge chair out of the way that is your favorite reading spot and, you know, put that stuff in the guest room for a couple of days and get that big, huge table out. So um, if you can maximize those spaces and make them useful in one form or another mm-hmm. all the time, you know, we were just talking about my guest room is driving me crazy because I walk past it every day. Do I ever go in there? No, only to dust and open the blinds occasionally. It makes me crazy because it would be lovely, amazing, wonderful to have that as a great game room or yeah. a great whatever. And so, in fact, we were talking about Murphy beds and yeah. and how do you make it available to be a guest room, but also make it a space that we can enjoy every day doing the things that we want to do. So that might be another question to ask yourself is not only what do you do from morning to night in your typical day, but what's missing? What do you wish you could be doing that maybe you don't have a space to do? You know, maybe you want to take up a hobby or, uh, you know, I had to make a costume for my son and I pulled my sewing machine out and I was like, where have you been all my life? I haven't seen you since before I had a kid. And, oh, it was just a great. I was going, man, I don't want to put it away. Where can I put this to, yeah. so I get a chance to, to use it and enjoy it? And so, yeah, those are some things to think about is how do you want to use your space? And, yeah. um, or what, what aren't you using yeah. that you could be using? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and, and I was, we were talking earlier and I said, you know, we're adding on the space to our house and there's uh, going to be a bedroom upstairs an extra bedroom upstairs that my in-laws would use when they would visit. Well, they come once a year. They come at the most twice a year. I'm like, I've got a guest room upstairs that no one's going to be in. What do I do with it? Right. <laughs> and so I would go kind of get that worked out in my own head. But, uh, you know, we'll figure, I guess figure something out. But it's kind of like, wow, I hadn't thought, you know, gosh, there, you know, it makes sense on the overall scheme of the house to have that. Yeah, it's kind of on one of those checklists well, so that you, you, you need a guest room, you, you know, need an office. Well, you know, you need a... Someone's going to buy the house and they're going to have kids and it's going to be the kids' room. Sure. And that'll be fine. But for right now, you know, it's going to be a place, like you said, that you know, gathers dust and we just open the blinds occasionally or whatever. Right. Or James goes up there to sleep because I'm snoring too loud. One of those <laughs> There you go, yeah. It's but, where yeah. all the presents get wrapped and yeah. things get hidden at Christmas time. And... Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and, and if you don't, you know, if you think there's no way I can live in that tiny amount of space, you know, we're talking about Stephen's house, 1,300 square feet. Mm-hmm. you thinking, God, how can you possibly live in that? If there's an Ikea anywhere near you, go out there and walk through their, their living spaces or their homes. You know, you can live in X number of square feet, these setups they have. And think about, you know, I've got a friend in New York who's in a 1,000 square foot apartment in Queens. 
and it's it's a palace. I mean, you know, you think about it, square footage wise in New York, that's a premium. That's a lot. That's a lot. So you know, for these people who are living in five hundred square feet, you know, look at those spaces and think, okay, if they can be that efficient and make it work, then surely I can take the space I've got and actually make that work. Yeah, a couple of years ago, I guess yeah, it's probably gone a couple of years ago. I sat down with a style consultant who came in and did a closet audit with me. And we basically went through every piece of clothing clothing hanging in my closet, including every pair of shoes, every accessory, every piece of jewelry. And we went through and tried everything on. And I kid you not, probably about six garbage bags later, I had maybe four things still hanging in my closet. Now, that sounds really extreme and really scary. The point was is that we were preparing to to go shopping so that I could have a wardrobe that was completely flexible, completely, uh, you know, so that every piece went with every other piece, you know, really useful and, and fit my shape and all, you know, all of that. Um, and so there was, but the point being, there was so much stuff crammed in my closet that I had not worn in years that didn't fit me right, that didn't flatter me at all, wasn't the right color. I mean, just you name it, it was in there. Yeah. And, you know, I had stuff left over from college and, you know, from careers and careers ago. I mean, it was ridiculous. So the idea that that had been taking up space in my world, weighing me down every morning when I'm trying to get dressed and the fact that somebody else could be using it and enjoying it and appreciating it, yeah. you know, it took all of that to the donation uh, trailer down the road. Yeah. And it felt amazing to get it out of the house and out of my life so that I didn't even have to think about it. The only stuff in my closet was were wonderful, beautiful things that worked and fit me. And it was so easy to get dressed in the morning. <laughs> well, if, you, so, if I only had four things in the closet, it would make it a it'd snap. Be super to get easy. <laughs> Although I did a lot of laundry. No, yeah. yeah, it was a stressful week until we actually had our shopping appointment. <laughs> uh, but I encourage you, if you've never done something like that and you just get stressed out in the morning when you're trying to get dressed, take a weekend and do it. Or take, you know, two feet of cl- closet rod at a time and focus on that and get it done over the next few weeks. Um, But it's eye-opening. And you don't need the massive closets that we think we do. Right. Well, and thinking about it, too, I mean, you know, not taking it from that tiny space, the closet space, think about the whole house. Oh, my gosh. I mean, you know, how much – one of my partner's old co-workers, she and her family, her, her, her husband, and her two sons were living in 4,000 square feet in Houston. And moved into a 1,200-square-foot apartment in New York. And I cannot imagine how much they had to get rid of. Purge. Just purge to get into that space. Mm-hmm. But they're living in it, and it's functioning for them. So, you know, you think about go through, you know, like going from the closet to the broader scale. Go through the house and think, what do I have here that I don't need, that I'm not using? My own house, I can't wait to move. When we have to move out to, to do the renovation. I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus, because I'm thinking <laughs> of all the things that are simply going to get thrown away. Yeah. That we've never looked at, that have just been in a box or been tucked in a closet we don't use. You know, like prying it out of James's cold, dead hands, <laughs> I think. But, um, you know, the idea that you can declutter. Do you, you know? want us to sneak over there while you guys are in New, York, New Orleans? Oh, God, don't. No. <laughs> Please don't. I, I, I threw some stuff away when he was gone on one of his business trips, and he just about lost his mind. Granted, he's never, you know, I think like five or six suits and a couple of jackets that he hadn't worn in five years and had so much dust on them. You know, you sneeze kind of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, those are bad. The the pants were crispy. (laughs) 
because <laughs> they were so <laughs> stiff and hanging in the closet. Yeah, I'm like, I didn't feel, I didn't feel so bad, but he was furious. So yeah, don't come to the house. There's, and, there's and a junior it. high theater department that is thanking you right now for, oh, I'm sure for getting is. rid of those things. I'm yes. sure there is. <laughs> yeah, but so don't be afraid to pare down. Don't be afraid to go through and think, you know. And especially if you're looking at your space thinking, God, we just don't have enough room for ourselves. We need something bigger. You can take a step back and think, okay, how much extra stuff do we have that we right. don't need or use or you know, how do we really live in the space that we want to live in? Because it's that idea. You kind of try to live small and you know, create a smaller footprint and work with what you have. You know, don't think you, the next step is to just go and get something bigger. You know, that may be the impulse. Yeah, because it'll feel great for the first year or two, and then you'll just fill it up just yeah. like you have in the space you have right now. Right, right. Yeah. and then suddenly it's just not enough room anymore. Right. So, and if you can't even bear the thought of having to go through that purging process, there are people that will do it for fun. I mean, they, you know, they're professional organizers and mm-hmm. even uh, stagers and interior designers that will come in and, and help you see your your belongings with a fresh eye. Yeah. Because a lot of times we just stop seeing what's around us. Right, right. It just gets, you know, no, I'm, I'm, there's a thing in my dining room that I'm like, <laughs> I don't know why it's still there. It's full of junk, but we walk past it every day. Right. And we don't pay any attention to it. But I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with it. It's just sitting there. So, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Have, have someone else come in and kind of help yeah. you organize help a lot. Yeah. If, if this is all sounding really familiar, just know you're not alone. Yes. We support you because we know. We live it too. Right. right. Well, so if you want to go see what's happening in Stephen's house, seriously, it's um, sardoneconstruction.com, S-A-R-D-O-N-E, construction.com. And there's a tab called Showcase. He's got pictures. He has video. Um, you can see we're talking about with some of the, the pitfalls. He had some wood rot issues in the kitchen, I believe. Um, so you can go see what's really happening and see the final final result because I think it's going to be quite quite startling to see what they come up with. Well, and I hope you do the same thing with your house when you guys start construction. Oh, yeah, definitely. Follow his model and really document it yeah. extensively. Yeah. So Here's that just, we can market the heck out of it. Right. Here, here's a picture of Larry slowly pulling his hair out because James won't stop asking about tile. Here's the before and here's the after. Look how much more gray hair Larry has. It's fascinating. <laughs> It'll be great. <laughs> I'll just take another trip to New Orleans. It'll be fine. There we go. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, anyway. Well, and hopefully we're going to try to start um, construction after we get back. Okay. So I'm going to hopefully get drawings finished, have pricing being done while we're away, and then you know, hopefully leap off into it before it gets too late into the fall. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. It Larry be will be giving us some updates. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, and hopefully the next podcast, if I've seen anything fascinating – in New Orleans that I can remember, I'll be able to share that as well. Please take pictures. You never take pictures. I never take pictures. Well, because I've been there so many times. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's that's still there. That's nice. There's that amazing building. That hasn't Again. fallen off. <laughs> that balcony <laughs> right. hasn't fallen off yet. It's fine. <laughs> really good way. Right. We'll have to get up onto uh, what we call our balcony at one of the bars and um, uh, take some photographs down the street because I've never really actually tried to take you know, at an elevated level. Maybe we can get you on Instagram before you go. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> we'll see about that. Anyway, we'll let you guys go. Hope you're having a great, great summer, and you're looking forward to the fall as much as we are. Yeah, and happy back to school for happy all the back, kiddos. Oh, uh, yay. Happy back to school's on day. Anyway. <laughs> oh, and happy football season starting soon. We've I've already had preseason football on my TV at home, and yeah. the whole mood has changed. My husband's happy, <laughs> happy, happy. <laughs> So, yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, you guys have a good 
uh, rest of the summer, and we will talk to you in September. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.